We're very, very fortunate to be in the business that I am in during this because oh. it hasn't stopped. It's gotten busier. Welcome to my podcast, Keep It Spicy. My name is Shuba and I will be your host for today's episode. I started this podcast back in 2020 when I found myself reaching out to folks from various backgrounds, having inspiring and enlightening conversations. I got to chat with people like this. So I am a mechanic. I'm a nurse, I'm a registered nurse. I recently graduated in June. I love um, presenting, being in front of people, advising clients on work. So that was definitely something that was a big motivator. I used to be a competitive hip-hop dancer for eight years of my life. I ended up working at Medieval Times for the last three years. I'm a software engineer at Instacart. I've been starting on being a content creator. I am a finance and accountant professional by trade. I have this side hustle of baking cakes and cupcakes and dessert. I think a lot of us have redirected our dreams and our ideas of what we thought we were going to accomplish these like next two years, three years. Everyone has a unique thing about them and we need to share powerful narratives with people, especially during today's climate and world. And there you have it. So if you want to tag along for something fun, entertaining, and of course, spicy, hit that follow button so you can stay up to date with more episodes. Now, let's get into it. This is Keep It Spicy. Thanks so much, Marie. I am so excited to have you on my podcast. Um, and thank you for joining me on Keep It Spicy. I know our, our listeners won't know this, but we met strawberry picking. Basically, we were parked right beside your truck. And then I saw that it had a little logo saying damsels landscaping. And it was pink. Yeah. And it looked really cute on like a badass truck. So I was just like, <laughs> so, something hit me. I was like, I feel like she's like a businesswoman. I feel like she's got her thing going. I was like, it's something, I, it spoke to me. So then yeah. when we like, when I saw that, like, you know, we were strawberry picking in the same field, I was like, should I ask her to be on a podcast? And, and then here we are. So I'm so glad that you said yes. And I'm so happy that you're joining me today. How did you know it was me though? Like, how did you pick me out of the field. Well, you're like pretty ripped and everything. Like you've got the muscles. <laughs> I never thought about like... that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I just figured that like you had your own like, well, I first assumed you had your own landscaping business and it yeah. said landscaping and it was pink. So I was like, it's definitely female owned. And yeah, you were there with your son. So I was like, it's definitely not the kid. <laughs> and I think you were there with another, another person, but I just yeah. assumed it was you. Cause you looked like you had your stuff together. Really? And you were like, you were like fit, you were like put together. Like, I don't know. It just like, I just felt like it was you. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, cool. I also wanted to start by asking you, you know, tell me and our listeners a little bit about yourself. What have you been up to personally or professionally, whatever you're willing to share? Basically, what's the spice to your life? The spice to my life? Um, So I am 38. um, I went to school at 19 for a horticultural technician. You know, I did an apprenticeship for apprenticeship for five years under a horticulturist. And from there, I, uh, I kind of started a business um, and it grew from there. It, it wasn't easy, but it's been the best thing ever because I have 
flexibility with my family and I get to work outside every single day. And I know like, especially now through COVID to tell people that I've been working outside every single day, you can't, you can't beat it because you know, I'm not stuck in an office. I get the fresh air. I get the physical activity. Um, I work with a crew of girls, which I mean, you, I really go to work every day and I feel like I'm working with friends. It's amazing. Oh, I love to hear that. And like, could you tell our listeners like a little bit about yourself? So like, what is Damsel's Landscaping? So we're a female owned and operated business. We do mostly gardening maintenance. So there's a little bit of a misconception that landscaping means I'm like throwing stones around. I don't do that. We take care of flowers. So we like main, we weed, we, we plant, we, we just make things look pretty out in the gardens. And I work primarily in Oakville, beautiful, beautiful gardens out there. And uh, it didn't always start as just females. It just kind of grew to that. And, and I love where we're at right now. Um, but Damsel's Landscaping, Damsel's is a female, a girl, and it's also a dragonfly. So a damselfly is that little dragonfly that's on my, uh, my truck logo. And it also represents females. So that's kind of how that came about. Ooh, I was actually like, my next question was going to be like, how did you pick your name? Like, I feel like deciding a name is so hard because you have it a million is. options. Yeah, that's how it started. It damsel as an, a female. And then later down the road, I had realized that damsel is also a dragonfly, a damselfly. And so that's where the, the dragonfly kind of got incorporated into the logo. Ooh, I love that. And then yeah. what is one thing about yourself that people might be surprised to learn? And this is something that we couldn't have ordinary really like looked up about you or like searched up about you or anything like that (laughs) be surprised to know most people don't realize that I've been doing this for almost 20 years they're pretty surprised about that (laughs) oh wow no that is yeah Yeah, because I'm almost 40 I started when I was 19 so most people are pretty shocked I, I I actually in in like when I meet a new client it's always in my head I'm like I have to let these people know that I'm not 16 years old so I usually throw it out there that I have kids and I'm married or whatever. And then, then they go, hmm? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I, I, I have to say that. Yeah, I gotta, gotta show them like, hey, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been here for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. And then can you tell me a little bit more about the story of like how and why you decided to get started? So like what happened, like you were going to school in ni- at 19 did you also decide hey I'm just gonna start a business like a yeah <laughs> like what's what's the story could you tell me a little bit more about how this eventually turned into a thing originally I wanted to be a landscape architecture but quickly after started taking an apprenticeship realized there's no way that I'm gonna sit for that long through school because I'm just I don't sit and so um anyways I did a five-year apprenticeship under a horticulturist um a male um, it wasn't easy. He was super knowledgeable and I learned a lot, but it wasn't easy working under uh, a guy for five years. But in that five years, I built pretty good relationships with the clients, his clients. And when I finally finished my apprenticeship, I was like, see ya, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to find what I'm going to do next. And kind of with support of my husband and my family, his clients started reaching out to me on their own. So I had built such kind of strong relationships. And that was one thing that I feel that females kind of 
they have that little bit of an edge more than some males. My relationships with my clients are just like, that is kind of the, the primary thing I have in business is my relationships. We have like more empathy. We have more of an understanding, like just so anyways, they reached out to me. I thought, holy crap, like they want me to take these contracts. Can I do this? Like, can I actually do this? I've been apprenticing under somebody for five years. So anyways, again, my, my husband was like, yeah, you could do it, do it, do it, do it. So I was like, okay, took on some clients. And then it, it was over the years, it grew and grew and grew. I've never advertised, always been word of mouth. And yeah, here we are. I, and still to this day, like my relationships with my clients, I've had my clients, most of them over 10 years, some oh, wow. over 15 and some almost 20. So I've really built good relationships with them. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it, it all started was just apprenticing, building good relationships with people, they trust me, you know, I care, I, I 100% care about how they feel and uh, what they want. And, um, you know, their families and every, like, we know their kids, like, you know what I mean? It's very, very, it, it, it had, we have found like a little niche there for um, these little, the all girls crews, you know? <laughs> So I have like two questions from that. Like, well, my first one is, can I ask like, why would, why do you think it was hard working under like being an apprentice to like a, a male in the industry? Like why, why was that tough? And mm -hmm. then my second one was more related to like how you built everything from like word of mouth, because I feel like, uh, or maybe, yeah, let's start with that first question. Yeah, no, those are great questions. I mean, I wouldn't say that it would have been hard with every single male working under them, but, uh, guys just don't understand. Like they don't, they don't understand. I hate to say it, but <laughs> there was just not, there wasn't relationships built, which in my opinion, it, it, anybody can push one more. Anybody can pick a weed, but if for people to trust you, um, he just didn't, he didn't grasp that. And he was the same way with working with him. Like he just lacked in that area. And um, yeah. It, and then it's hard. Like I would say like 75%, 80% of this industry is males and uh, going kind of into your next question, you really do. In the end, I found like I've surrounded myself with a lot of really great contractors now who are respectful that respect me and I, and I respect them because we've kind of weaned out all those stereotypical like landscaper guys. And now I'm just surrounded by really great people, really great business owners, good contractors because they respect me and I respect them. So yeah, in every business, right. You have to try to navigate yourself away from the people you don't want to be in business with and get into a really good place. And that's where it was. It was hard because it's just not the same. There wasn't that level of respect there. So right. now, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the best way to put it. Um, but I learned a ton from him. He just 
lacked in that area. No, I feel you. And you also, yeah, you basically want to grow in a place where you feel valued or that yes. also adds value to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, yeah, it sounds like- It makes sense. That that it was very educational is what it sounds like. Some character yeah. development must have happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I wanted to ask also, so like if I am trying to start a business, I know word of mouth is super important and it's honestly mm-hmm. like super reassuring to hear that that's that's literally all that worked for you. Like word of mouth was like your biggest like way of prospecting like customers or clients or like projects. Do you think that word of mouth applies for all businesses or like, can you give us a bit more advice on like, if I wanted to start a business and I was looking for clients, what other avenues are there or other options could I use? Definitely. I think it really depends on where you want your business to be. Word of mouth has worked for me because I haven't had and still don't have sort of motivation to be this giant company that blasts through a bunch of properties that's, you know, really, really big. I've never had that. I've really been just content with having really great, solid relationships with people and being happy and making a living and having my employees happy and enjoying their job. That has kind of been my priority. It's never been to be a giant company. And so word of mouth has worked for me that way because I'm looking for good people to work for. And that happens through my client that I have saying, Hey, I've got Marie here from damsels landscaping. She's so nice. She's easy to talk to her crew's amazing. Try, try that. And you've already have that, that foundation set there. When you go to meet this next person, they already, you, you already have a little bit of trust. Like you, they already, you know, somebody's already told you that, they're great. Like I, I love them working for me kind of thing. So word of mouth has worked that way. If you, if you have that great relationship, those people are going to refer you. Like they're going to, they're going to want to do best for you all the time. And that's how it's happened. I've had a really good, solid, you know, small client list to begin with. And they have just told everybody and it's gone further and further. So it's worked for me because I am not trying to do quantity I want to do quality. I want to be involved. I'm still involved in every single site that I work on. I I always show my face there. I'm always like, my job has literally gone from picking weeds to now I just go to the sites to knock on their door and say, Hey, how are you? How are your kids? I have to do that because that's what my business is now. It's relationships. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, if if you want to advertise, that's great. Get a lot of people. That's great. It's just, it's different. It's a totally different business. It depends on like your goals and like Mm -hmm. where you, your vision, I guess, or like Mm -hmm. what exactly you're trying to build. So yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. And like, I'm going to ask you like a few like technical, well, these might be like silly questions, but like a more, like a few technical questions. So like when you talk about like your clients and the work that you do for them, like, is it you and your team that handles like all the maintenance work in the garden for them? Or like, can you tell me a bit more about that? Like we have maintenance list. And so I would say about 70% of my clients, we visit on a weekly basis. And so um, the girls, they have a schedule and every day is basically every day of the week is the same client list. So Mondays um, say, you know, it's so-and-so-and-so that they visit on that day. They go in, they, whether, you know, whether, whether the job is um, sometimes it's cutting a it's always bed maintenance. It's always gardening maintenance, but sometimes we do cut lawns um, on properties. You know, sometimes we do urns, flower arrangements and pots. 
Um, it just depends on that kind of thing. But mostly it's okay where, you know, we cut the lawn, we weed the beds, we do some cultivating. You just kind of do an over like a property maintenance thing, clean it up, and then they kind of move on to the next, the next one. So it is our cruise. Um, I kind of run two separate crews. So yeah, that's kind of what our, our weeks look like. Now, with that being said, also uh, where I can fit in different projects like gardening installs, which is super fun, but it's a lot of work for us because we still have maintenance to take care of on a daily basis. I try to fit in an install job. So this year in the spring, because of COVID, gardening has been rampant. It's been crazy. It's been so busy. People are at home. They, they want a nice garden and they want to add, 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 add. So we were super, super busy this spring, like a lot of the companies were. Um, and I took on a few install jobs. Um, I went out of my comfort zone because I, I do tend to, to want to stay in my comfort zone. So I really have to tell myself, no, Brie, do this. It's extra work and it's going to be hard, but you have to do it because you don't learn unless you try something new, right? So we did a couple really big install jobs. And luckily, like I said before, I'm surrounded with some really great contractors that are there to support me, help me if I have questions. Um, and I do reach out on a regular basis to uh, one of my teachers in particular, Sean James, and he has his own consulting, uh, landscape consulting company, and he's awesome. So I take on a few things because the girls get excited about it. We get excited about it. And those things get fit into our maintenance schedule, which is insane, but so much fun. So on a daily, yeah. So on a daily basis, maintenance all the time where I can fit in a fun job just to, you know, go out of the box kind of thing. I do. And uh, yeah. And, and, and we run our little, our little cruise and we, we get it done. So it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Oh, I love to hear this. And I love that. I know like COVID made everything busy, but that's a good thing, right? Like mm -hmm. to, to be like, to have like something to do every single day and like, but I guess like it could also be stressful. Uh, in the when pre, like when COVID first hit, it was, but you know, we never stopped working. We never stopped working ever. Um, maintenance was always essential especially in Oakville, there's bylaws to say you have to maintain your property. So when COVID first hit, uh, there was a, there was quite a bit of uh, research I had to do to find out what we had to, like every company, what do I have to implement? Like, how am I going to do this? We have never done this before. So, but now after, you know, the first month we got into the swing of things and we haven't stopped. So, and really outside for us, we, it, it's not something in our heads. We're outside where, you know, we feel safe and we feel just, yeah, it's been, we're very, very fortunate to be in the business that I am in during this because oh. it hasn't stopped. It's gotten busier. Now people are like vegetable gardens, Marie. We need vegetable gardens. Gosh. <laughs> They can't get enough. <laughs> they can't get enough. Yeah, it's crazy. And then also like when you're onboarding a new client or like you are connected with a new client, can I ask when you're talking about like pricing, is it an awkward conversation? Like, 
does any kind of like negotiating happen? And also like, you know, you're trying to do, you're trying to do this thing where you're trying to build a relationship with somebody, but you're also trying to like, you don't want to devalue yourself and the work of your, your team, et cetera. So like, is that ever, has that ever been like awkward or like, is it awkward or? Yeah. So for me it is because I I would say in that part of business, that's like my, that's not my strongest point is the side of talking about money and stuff. Personally, like if I could, I would do it for free. I, I, I want to do it for people. I want to help them, but I know obviously I'm running a business and uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta pay my girls and I've got to make a living. But uh, so, you know, what a lot of the times I like to do it over an email that somebody can look over and digest and I can explain um, in an email because again, a lot of people don't even know what I'm going to do. Oh, here's my rates, but what are you doing? What's involved, right? So yes, pricing for me can be awkward and that's why I, I, I like to, to put it in an email and explain what I'm doing. And, and also properties will change vary from one property to the next. So it's always nice to just be able to like detail those prices. So yeah, for sure. For me, yes, probably not for, you know, everybody in the industry. Um, but myself, I don't like talking about the money part of it. Oh yeah, no, it's, I feel like it's very, very awkward in general. Like it is. I, I don't think it's just you, but yeah, I was no. just curious. Yeah. Um, and what is like a super off the top of your head? What's a super common mistake that you tend to find with like friends or families or clients uh, that they make about with their garden? What's like a super common mistake where they're like, yep, like mm-hmm. I need to come in and, and fix this. This is a super common thing that you're, you know, like, what's the, what's the most common mistake? The most common mistake, there's, there is a, quite a few common mistakes. Um, one misconception is low maintenance to people means you're not going to water anything. So, oh, okay, so nobody, that's nobody like, it's low maintenance. So it's like, yeah, but you still need to water it. Like, doesn't mean you don't water something. So that's a big one. Um, what's okay. So another one is people think that, oh, I weeded it, but how come there's weeds growing back three days later? You, you still have to maintain it. Like it, yeah. it you just, it, it's not a one and done kind of thing. So it takes a while. For, so I'm in maintenance. So it takes a while to be able to get a garden to a point where there's very low maintenance, weeks and weeks and weeks of, of doing maintenance to be like, okay, now it's okay. So that's another misconception is like, you know, that you just do it and it's done for the rest of the season. I mean, you know, there's different designs and stuff that obviously are better than others for that kind of thing. But yeah, there's that. Um, There are so many pruning methods that I'm just like, oh no, like, no, (laughs) and that are gone wrong that we have to fix quite a bit. Um, Good. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. It, and then you pretty much see on any new client, there's always at least one thing that I have to be like, okay, <laughs> we, like, let's, let's go over that. And, you know, it depends on, it really depends on where you are and what you're doing. But those are two big ones. Low gotcha, maintenance yeah. does not mean no work. 
Otherwise, I wouldn't have a job. No, yeah, no, I agree. I'm like thinking, I'm like, I feel like that's me. Like, I don't have a garden, but I'm like, I'm 100%. Like, I killed my succulent. You don't even like, because I didn't water it. And that's the whole point of like, uh, anyways, yeah, I am I would be the, your client where you come in to see my space and you're like, yeah, she did nothing here. <laughs> um, yeah. But, and I also wanted to ask, so what happens in the wintertime? You know, when we're covered with snow, like what happens to your business then? Do you do some like winter maintenance? What what does that look like? Yep, so that's business? a great question. Most, uh, most people always ask me, what, what do you do in the winter? So um, this is probably the greatest hurdle for landscaping and gardening if you wanted to get into your own business and do this it's the hardest part about it and it's one of i think the reasons why people don't make it a career is because what do i do for three or four months in the winter how do i make money right so i was working through school i worked in service industry bartending and serving i continued to do that in the winter uh, for a while to keep an income then I went off and did indoor gardening at Sherway Gardens. So Ooh. I took care of all the tropical plants for seven years. Um, so you really do have to find something that, you know, whether it's another skill you have, whether it's going to help with, you know, what you're doing in the landscape industry, which the, the Sherway Gardens did. So I was employed by Sherway Gardens and then it was, it was, it was hard. I had to start there six in the morning um, and then I'd finished right like 12, one o'clock and then I'd go out and do my business after that in my twenties when I had lots of, you know, energy to do that. <laughs> and I did that a lot um, until I've grown the business enough that I could just be on my own. Um, and then I also, and this was more just to occupy time when I had my son, um, I was a gymnast in my earlier years. And so OMG, OMG, <laughs> whole separate podcast episode. I know, right? So I did, uh, I, 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 uh, did, um, gymnastics instructing down the street at Springer's for a number of years in the winter to occupy some time. And, um, I really enjoyed just keeping physical. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've had to do things along the way during the winter to keep an income, to keep busy um, until you get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm good. So now in the winter, I hang out with my kids. I, you know, just use that time as some time to do stuff that, you know, we're super busy in the summer. So I just hang out with my kids. I visit with family. I do my thing and then back to work in March. So we, and then the other misconception about landscaping is people think it ends in like September. It does not. It gets super busy. It gets like super, super busy in about September, mid September up until about mid November. So I have wow. probably worked it till almost Christmas for many, many, many years. That's another big thing. We're working until Christmas. There is a lot to do up usually until Christmas. I'm working in the snow. There's pruning to do. Like there's a lot of stuff. So I have usually about until Christmas until March off. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I'm surprised too. And that's like awesome. And I think also a big takeaway that I'm getting from this, and I'm sure that my listeners would be getting from this is that 
you know, when you put in the work and you work hard and like, I know that you were mentioning like it was hard for you, like starting out and like in Sherwood Gardens and like all those like crazy hours, but it's like, it's so reassuring and nice to hear that it was, it's rewarding now, you know, like now you're in a position where you can do the things that you want to do, like with your family and with your children. And you're in this position where you don't have to scramble and like figure out what to do. Like, I think that's a good big takeaway where it's like, yeah, if you put in the work sincerely and work hard in the beginning and where it counts, like you will set yourself up for success later on. Oh, absolutely. And even just like, you know, talking with you about it, we've I've really been lucky to surround myself with good people with it, like colleagues, employees, um, you know, support from your family. Uh, like I can't even say enough about the people that have surrounded me because that's how, you know, I've been able to do what I've been able to do right now is having, you know, the girls flexible, like the girls that work right now for me are amazing. They work hard and we're all there to support each other. And, you know, it gives me the um, opportunity in two weeks to go to Wonderland with my kids during the day, oh, you know, so stuff like that. Like, they're like, yeah, cool. Like, yeah, go to Wonderland with your kids. We've got this. How great is that? It's amazing. Right. So yeah, definitely on top of what you've said, surrounding yourself with good people is, is amazing. Oh, I love this little happy story. Oh. <laughs> um, and then I also like, I feel like this is again back to like the more like the more entrepreneurial business ventures like aspect of everything so I feel like a lot of people fear starting a new business or starting like a new venture because basically I would just say that they're scared what would you say it was like the toughest moment that you faced when you started out like was there like a pivotal like really really challenging tough moment and if so how did you move past that like, how'd you get the courage or like, what did you do to move past that? There was, there was, a, there's quite a few things that were challenging, like for myself, um, to, to do. And I, one of them being, uh, as I said before, for me, I tend to want to stay in a comfort zone. Um, and I had to, I have to still to this day, tell myself, as I said before, you, you need to go out of your comfort zone and it's uncomfortable at first and it's awkward at first. Um, but that's where the learning is that you, unless you, you can't, you can't grow unless you move out of your comfort zone. And so all of these little things along the way that you come to, uh, when you're starting a business or you're trying to grow your business, there's going to be not just one thing. There's going to be a lot of things that you come to and say, I don't want to, I'd rather not like, you know, but you have to. And as I think, as you get older, you realize more and more how important that is. Um, so yeah, I couldn't really name one thing. There's been a lot of things over the years that I have, you know, found challenging for myself, it's not going to be the same for you or somebody else, right? Everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses. But um, yeah, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of things like not having work. What am I going to do in the winter? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in my 20s and I'm trying to afford my house and um, I want to have kids. Like, I don't get a maternity leave. I've had my babies and gone back to work right away. 
And oh, so wow. things like Wonder that, Woman. but exactly. Right. So there's just different challenges for different people. And those, that those were just a couple of the things that I had to do to, to move forward. Um, but like I said, even just this spring being faced with like getting a new, if somebody asked me to do a really big job that I didn't necessarily feel comfortable doing. I was like, no, you have to, and you have to, you have to put yourself in that position. And now if somebody approached me tomorrow and said, can you do this? I'd be like, yeah, I can do it because I put in the work and now I know how to do this and, and you move forward. So definitely like, I would say there's going to be always things that um, you need to face and, and, and get through to, to learn. For sure. Like I always like, I, there's this like quote that I go by and it's to do the things that scare and excite you at the same time, yes. because that's where, that's where, that's where one, you know, it's going to, you're, you're doing something that like will spark this excitement in you. And two, that if it's scaring you, it's probably pushing you out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But for some, like for some people, it's easy to like still tell yourself, okay, I'm just going to do this. Even though you're like super scared on the inside, like yeah. You're, you've trained yourself to just be like, yes, just do it. But then yeah. for others, it's a little harder. What tips do you mm-hmm. have on like, you know, trying to just like get past the anxiety or the self doubt for doing mm-hmm. things that do scare and scare and excite you at the same time? Yeah. And I think like, it's not, you, you, maybe you don't do everything that has come your way and that's fine. I didn't do everything that had come my way. It's taken time and also you have to sort of navigate what's what is going to be a good experience for you you think like you said it, it's got to excite you you have to you you have to want to do it too you know don't do anything you don't want to do like there's been times i've met with certain clients and i'm like bad vibes you know don't push forward if you're getting this gut feeling that this is not going to be a good thing for you um so but I, I, I feel like I am like the poster child for that person that was, uh, you know, oh, I don't want to. And I, as you, as time goes along, you'll, you can just, you'll decide on what those things are for you that are going to benefit you and what you think. Okay, no, it's better that I step back. You know, there, I don't see a benefit for myself at the end. So for, for me, that, that's just what I have to think of is if I do this, you know, am I going to get, and then you just, you have to push through the anxiety, push through the, you know, just to get to that good, the end result, because once you've done it, you've built the confidence up to like next time you're good, you know? Yeah, for sure. Oh, that helps. I don't know. Like, like, I don't know. That does. Okay. (laughs) No, no, that definitely does help. And I think like, like what helps even more is just hearing like real life stories. Like I always say this on my podcast, like it's one thing when you like read about it in a book or you read about it in an article from somebody that you don't really know. But I feel like these life lessons like really touch your soul even more when you hear it like directly from the source, like the way I'm hearing it from you and the way my listeners are going to be hearing it from you. So yeah, yeah, for sure it helps. Uh, And then this is my like final question before we move on to the lightning round. Okay. So you mentioned earlier, like right in the beginning that, you know, you love being uh, like a female business owner. You get to work on your own schedule. You get to spend time with your family. I'm curious to know how you do 
balance that out only because I know that even though like you're working on your own hours, like I feel like when you're your own boss, you're kind of like always thinking about your business. So technically mm-hmm. like, you know, you're never really taking breaks, so to speak. Yes. Um, versus like working like a regular like nine to five or you or like anything else where you like go and clock in and clock out when you're a mm-hmm. business owner, like work is with you everywhere. So mm-hmm. how do you balance that? And how have like, how would anybody else listening to this who's struggling with that balance? That? Yeah, I have. And I feel like I have always had um, my goal in mind. And like I said before, my goal isn't to be a giant company. Um, it's just to have good relationships. And um, I love what I do. With that being said, I do take care of, I, I always have in mind, okay, so, you know, this is what I need to do for my work. And you're right. Like, you know, when I finish work at the end of the day, digging, mowing the grass, whatever I'm doing that day and come home, that's not it. Like there's other stuff. And I get up early in the morning. I do, you know, work on my invoices. I might be sourcing material. I might be, you know, filling the trucks with something that we need for that day. And then when I come home, um, whatever it is that day, maybe I'm answering emails, maybe whatever it is. Right. But I have it in mind. So this time it's going to be my family. And if I need to do invoices or whatever that is, then I'm, I'm up early doing that. And then I'm coming home, you know, I'm not staying on the job site till 4:35. I'm coming home at 3:30 to take care of this or whatever it is. So I guess for, for me, just having a really good understanding of what I'm trying to accomplish and organizing it so that this is my work schedule. And sure, every, you know, now and again, things come up. I gotta, I gotta take care of it, whatever in this, but it's all worth it in the end, because with that in exchange you get your freedom you get flexibility like you know what i mean it's like a give and take thing yeah i gotta take care in the spring i was super super busy but hey at christmas time i'm gonna be hanging out with my kids for three four months like you know what i mean it's just yeah there's obviously you have to you have to kind of stick to what you're trying to accomplish and your goals and that's what i try to do um, I'm not looking for new clients. I'm not out there, whatever it is. There's just, and, and also I think females, we have a really good, um, multitasking. So like I can get so much done so that by the time I get home, I'm like, cool. Like I got all this stuff done today. Cause I was able to do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and now I'm going to hang out with my kids for the rest of the night. It's Yeah. That's one, that's a, or that's a really good strength. I think females have, it sounds like you're good at prioritizing also from like yes. everything that you're saying, you know, like you're able to like, say I had a, say you had a list of things. It sounds like you're good at knowing like what to take off like first and just like work your way down. Like your sounds like yeah. you're really also good at prioritizing what's important to you. It, I am. And, and it's been real, really, really helpful. And it's, it's really, really important, um, not to let things linger, uh, too much and to take care of it as soon as possible. Then you can have like, that's one, another thing. I I mean, probably everybody's like this, but when you're running a business and you have the stuff to do, 
in your head, you're the only one that's going to do it. So you might as well just get it done yeah, <laughs> and not think about it anymore. You know what I mean? I guess that goes for life in general, but like as a business, if you just like procrastinate on getting back to a client, guess what? They're not going anywhere. <laughs> They're going to be following yeah. you. So, you know, you try your best anyways. Business lessons and life lessons, kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks for the solid advice. And now we're going to switch gears on to the lightning round. Are you ready, Marie? Okay. Yes, I'm ready. It's time for the lightning round. So are you a morning person or night owl? Ooh, I would say morning person. Wow. There was hesitation. I felt like given our conversation, I thought you were going to immediately say morning person when you hesitated. I was like, Oh, so like, I kind of almost think both, but it depends on what night owl means to you because like night owl, like, yeah, I mean, night owl is my time as a mother to like do stuff, right. Get some stuff done. So I, I definitely love to, to just, I love the early mornings, but I also love the, the, the night too, but I'm not like talking like 3am night. I'm talking like, you know, 11pm night. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's your definition? Of, I, I, of I night owl? To, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I meant the 3am. 3, 3 <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no 3am's for me. Cause you know, my son gets up around six every day. So also oh, wow. no. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely a morning person then. Um, For profit or not profit? Ooh. Yeah. Not for profit. And your favorite caffeinated beverage of choice, your go-to? For sure. Coffee. What did you name your first car or vehicle? If you, if you did name it. (laughs) Um, My first car or vehicle was a little Honda Civic and. Oh. Yeah. And I don't even know I had a name for the car. Isn't that terrible? I feel like everybody has a name for their car, but I don't recall. I named the car. Let's name it. Let's name it Honda. We'll just call it Honda for now. Honda. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? I feel like, like I said it a number of times through this is to push forward in like there's no growth unless you push forward and do something out of your, your comfort zone. I feel like that for me was really, really important given my personality. So that sticks with me. I, I think about it all the time and I have to tell myself that a lot (laughs) to keep going so that you can get out of your comfort zone and learn. Yeah. Well, it's it's very solid advice. And on Mm -hmm. the flip side, what's the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, when you're taking advice from people that aren't sort of in that position, you get some pretty like bizarre things to do like, oh, just do this or just do that. So I would say for sure, taking advice from people that aren't in a position that you are is, yeah, it's usually not a good thing. But I wish I wish I could. I know I've probably gotten some really bad advice over the years, but I can't think of anything like you know, too crazy. But yeah, I mean, people telling me how to handle certain situations that aren't business owners. I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> like, You know, I can't do that. So just quit. Just take the day off. Just, just do- quit. Yeah. Don't even <laughs> worry about it. Like, 
whatever. I know. Well, I've, I've heard that a lot too, but obviously again, this is like all coming from who you are and everything and who you're taking advice to, advice from. You really have to like decipher <laughs> what's good advice and what's not good advice for yourself. Right. Yeah. You got to filter it out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If you had to plant one plant for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm, oh my gosh. So I have a problem because I go to the nursery to buy plants for people and I always leave with something for myself. Um, (laughs) And it's always something different because, and it goes away from everything that I love about gardening and what my style, like what I like as a style, I don't have in my backyard because I love all plants and I have to have everything. So let's just say magnolias you know i just something about a magnolia in the spring that makes everybody happy they're one of the first blooming spring plants and uh every year they bloom and everybody's like oh my god marie what are these magnolias yeah so they they bloom really early and they make everybody happy best book you've ever read or like just best book you've read basically okay so i'm not a big book reader i would say anything to do with plants. I can't say one in particular thing because I'm kind of a scattered reader. Um, I pick and choose what I want to, what I want to read and what parts of books I want to read, but anything to do with plants. I'm always interested in uh, learning more about that. What fruit or vegetable would you most want to be if you could pick? Um, I feel like I know one for you. I was, I was going to say strawberry. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking that in my head. I was like, I Were you really? Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a strawberry, I guess. I mean, strawberries. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. And you know, it's a, it's a tradition for us. It's funny. You caught us in the strawberry field because my mom took us strawberry picking. And even though my mom had two girls, I, every single year dragged my boys out to the strawberry field oh. and uh, pick strawberries and we come home. And we make strawberry jam. You know, as much as sometimes they're like, oh, I don't want to do this. I'm like, nope, we're going. We're doing it and we're having fun. Because <laughs> that's oh. So let's just say yeah. strawberry. Strawberry, solid choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would, you, would you rather be able to teleport or fly? Mm, teleport. Would you rather, I know the answer to this as well, but I got to ask. Would you rather buy a business or start a business? Yes, yeah, start a business. Popcorn or M&M's? What kind of M&M's? Oh, I guess like your regular, like <laughs> uh, the regular, like the yellow packet, I guess, like the milk chocolate regular. No, I would have to say popcorn. No? I love peanut M&Ms. I don't like any other oh. ones. No. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And if you could magically become fluent in any language, what would it be? I'm going to say Punjabi. Because Ooh. a lot of our friends, our neighbors are in Punjabi and we, you know, so my son knows quite a few words because we've kind of grown <laughs> up beside them. Um, and Andrew and I are always just like, oh, geez, I really wish I knew what they were talking about. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I mean, they translate for us a lot, but yeah, I kind of wish that now being surrounded with all our good friends, neighbors that speak Punjabi, that we knew what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, how interesting. I would have, yeah, nev- yeah. I would have never thought, nice, I, I approve. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
And my final question, if you could describe yourself as a flavor, what would it be? And this is open, completely open to like your interpretation of like flavor. Like some people give me like ice cream flavors that like, that they like. Some people give me like donut flavors that they like. Some people like makeup things, whatever your interpretation of like flavor is. Okay. Something that would be probably sweet and spicy because I feel like you know, anything sweet and spicy. I, I think I have like a feminine side to me, but uh, not many people uh, guess that I come home from work completely covered in dirt and uh, from head to toe. And um, yeah, I, yeah. So I, I, I'm just going to say sweet and spicy or maybe even like hot sauce. <laughs> you know? Oh, okay. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Comes with a kick. Comes with a kick, exactly. Awesome. Well, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And uh, to wrap up this episode, we wanted to send you all off with a quote. Marie, you're the special guest. I would love for you to do the honors of reading out the quote. Okay. So I'm going to say, doubt is a killer. You just have to know who you are and what you stand for. Woo. Okay. Thank you so much. And Marie, if our listeners are interested in like learning more about you or reaching out to you, is there a way that they can do that? I have Instagram and um, can just search damsels landscaping. And I also, um, anybody can get in touch with me through my email, which is damsels underscore landscaping at live.ca. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. And thank you for, thanks for joining me this morning. This is the weekend of your son's birthday, but you made the time. I'm so appreciative. It was was like lovely getting to know you and getting to chat with you. And yeah, I appreciate it and good luck with everything. Thank you. You as well. And I appreciate you having that chatting with me today. That was really fun. Hey, I'm so glad. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you folks enjoyed that. I drop bi-weekly episodes, so join me next time for another stimulating and inspiring conversation. If you want to stay in the loop, follow me on Instagram at Keep It Spicy Podcast and on Twitter at Keep It Spicy Pod for more related content and some pick-me-ups in the middle of your week. Like, comment, and share the content and podcast with friends and family. On that note, remember folks, keep it spicy, yours truly, XX.